And I think some things a little humorous, like what I just told you about Brother Bobby, and I thought that was funny. But anyhow, uh, I'm not here tonight to be funny. I'm here tonight to preach the Word of God to you. And I appreciate you, preacher. Uh, I really do. I love Brother Steve and thank God for him and Miss Tammy and the way God used him uh, here at Calvary. Preacher, how many years have you been here? Nin- uh, 1987? 30 years. My goodness alive. How time has passed uh, through all these years. And of course, many, many, many years I come and was with you down here in the little uh, building down here. And my goodness, every time I'd leave, I'd say they, they so desperately need a building. And now, you know, if you just be faithful, if you'll just be faithful and keep doing the right thing, God will, he'll, he'll take care of the need. And, and God's blessed you and gave you a, a, a beautiful uh, facility here. And it's so nice. And I, I'm so happy for you that God's given it to you and, uh, and that you're enjoying uh, the goodness of God. Good to see several uh, kids tonight. I was looking around to see some kids that goes to our school now from your church and some that has. And I appreciate that you sending your children to our school. Good to see those of you and good to see one of our, uh, our missionaries out of our church, Brother Andrew Merritt. You pray for Andrew. He's going up to New York this summer and start a church. And you pray. Now I'm for foreign missions. Jesus said, go into all world, preach the gospel. Did he not? And so I'm for it. We support over 200. We support over 200 missionaries. I mean, we cut a check every 30 days to over 200 people, uh, uh, 200 missionaries. I don't know exactly what we're giving to missionaries. I mean, what we're giving to missions, but I know it's three or $4,000 a week uh, that we're giving or more. Uh, maybe more than that. I don't know how much, but I know it takes a lot. And I've given lots of money to foreign missionaries, and I still will. But let me tell you something. If we don't reach this country, right. he, he, Brother Steve, you talk about a mission field is America. Yes. And brother, we need to get some churches started here. And by the way, we're not having to go to them other countries. They're coming to us. And, uh, you know, they're coming to us. And I was in Yuma, Arizona a few weeks ago and preached. And I went down there and I saw that Trump wall. I went down to it. I wasn't but 10 minutes from where I was staying. And I went down and seen it. And listen, there's holes in that wall, uh, preacher, uh, that'll go half a mile. You know what I'm saying? Where when he, got, he went out of office, they quit, they quit on it. And there's, there's holes in the wall be half a mile long. Well, you could walk a million people through them holes. And they are. They're walking people in. Now, uh, the bad part is, I don't know what's going to happen when everybody gets over here, but the good part is uh, that when they get there, they can hear the gospel. And, uh, and of course, there's good missionaries like Kevin Wynn down in Mexico that's one of the best in the world. And we support him heavy with money. Uh, but we need to get something going here. And I'm telling you that the answer is getting independent Baptist churches started uh, that are soul winning churches and uh, you pray for Brother Merritt he'll be leaving us this summer and him and his little wife Caitlin will go up into New York and uh, start a church and we're we're proud of them Uh, we're proud of them but we're also praying for them and uh, you pray for them too if you would 
and we appreciate him being here tonight and all the rest of you, all the singers from uh, up in Statesville and, or uh, up in Taylorsville. I believe you said Taylorsville, didn't you? Came tonight and I appreciate them tonight. They did a good job and the choir and all of it. Now, take your Bibles and look at Matthew 21 and I'm going to try to preach. You know, you're not going to believe this, but I've been preaching some short sermons lately and I preached one last night and I bet you're praying for me to preach one tonight. And, uh, and it's, yeah, I'm going to try to preach to you a little bit. But you know, I just do whatever God tells me to do. If, if the Lord wants me to preach, you know, uh, a little while, I will. But if he wants me to, you know, I figure this. If a man doesn't preach 30, 30 minutes and he ain't hit no oil yet, it's time to pull the drill up and, and shut her down for the night. Uh, you know, so, you know, you, you, you got you to gotta do what you can. But I've preached sometimes for and I wasn't doing much. And I thought, well, no better than this is going. Or say, man, we go to the house. But uh, I'm going to try to help you out a little bit tonight and be a blessing. And uh, so look at Matthew 21 and uh, verse number, uh, let's see here, verse number 18. It says, now in the morning as he returned into the city, he, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow. Uh, on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and, and, and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive them. Now I'm preaching to you tonight on this thought. Nothing but leaves and Jesus is hungry. There's nothing but leaves. And you know, when Jesus Christ lived on this earth, everything that you face, he faced. You know, when you get thirsty, uh, when you get thirsty, you know what it's like, but uh, do you know that Jesus felt the same thirst when he got thirsty that you feel? And when he got hungry, he felt the same thing you felt. And when he was on the cross of Calvary and they nailed him to the cross, the pain that you would feel if they were doing it to you, he felt. You see, because he took on human form. And Jesus uh, here had uh, just come out of the, the temple and rebuked those that were money changers in the temple and turned over their tables because they were desecrating the house of God and they were making money off of uh, 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 poor people and God's people. And uh, Jesus said to them that my house is to be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And then he, uh, he approached this fig tree the next morning and when he did, the Bible said he hungered. Jesus was hungry. He went to that tree to get fruit, to get figs. And when he found on the tree nothing but leaves, he cursed the fig tree. In other words, he, he said, uh, that's it for you. And the tree, right before the eyes of the disciples and before the eyes of Jesus, that fig tree dried up. 
And the, the disciples was amazed that that fig tree just withered away. And Jesus said, uh, you look at this in amazement. Basically, he said, you look at this fig tree and what's happened here in amazement. But he said, but if you'll have faith in God and pray believing, you'll not only be able to do this, but you can say to this mountain, be moved hence to yonder and it'll happen. You can do more than this, you see. Now, but here's the, the message I want to give you is this. Nothing but leaves. Do you know what Jesus, I believe this, that every year he looks at us. I think he looks at us every day, but I think God uh, leaves us here. Somebody said to me this evening, I called and checked on a man on the way up here. And he said, well, somebody told me he'd been sick. He said that God's left me here for a reason. Well, it's true. And the reason that God leaves all of us is here. The reason he left us here is God put us here that we might produce. See, and, and John 15, 16, he said, ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. Uh, you remember what he talked about uh, uh, when he said uh, that, uh, uh, that, that uh, we're, to, we're to bring forth fruit. And, and so you and I tonight are to be fruit producers. See? And, and if, if God came to me tonight, what would he see on my life? Would he see fruit or would he find in my life nothing but leaves? Would he find nothing but leaves? You know, uh, be honest with you. Uh, uh, I, I know trees are pretty to look at and stuff, but I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really might. You say, what's your favorite trees? Fruit trees. You say, why? Because they have a purpose. Amen? Uh, they have a purpose. They, pr they produce something, see? Uh, apple trees are to produce apples and peach trees, peaches, and, and, uh, and on and on we go. But you and I are to be producers of fruit. Not only are we to be producers of fruit in soul winning, but other ways. We're to be a testimony. We ought to have some fruit in our life for the glory of God. Amen. Now, uh, you may say, well, preacher, I'll be honest with you. I look at my life and I look at my life and I really don't believe that I've got any fruit in my life. I don't think that if, if the Lord came to me tonight, I really don't know that I'm producing fruit like I ought to. Well, let me see if I can help you just a little bit with some things. If you say, well, I, I didn't produce last year. And I've been, I have failed. Well, let me just give you a few thoughts. And these are simple thoughts, probably not anything you hadn't already thought about. But I'm going to give you a few thoughts tonight about uh, producing fruit. Number one, uh, what you have to do if you're going to produce fruit is forget uh, about your failures of last year. Ain't a thing you can do about what you didn't do last year. It's gone. 2021 is history. There's nothing we can do about it. I look back last year, Brother Stephen wished there were some things I would have accomplished that I didn't get to. But there's no use to worry about it because it's gone. Amen. And uh, you know, uh, the uh, Philippians chapter number three, Philippians chapter three and verse uh, 13 says this, brethren, Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, look what he said, forgetting those things uh, which are behind. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul had enough sense 
uh, to forget those things that was binding. He said, there's nothing I can do about that. Now, and you got to forget that. Some people just sulk and, and, and they live in the past of what they didn't do. But there's no use to do that. What you've got to do is say, you know, there's nothing I can do about what I didn't do yesterday, but thank God there's something I can do about tomorrow. And Paul goes on to say, forgetting those things uh, which are behind reaching forth unto those things which are before. And then he said this, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So you just got to forget uh, the things that you didn't uh, accomplish last year. I guarantee you probably people in here that last year you set out maybe to, uh, to read your Bible through or you set out to uh, win somebody to Christ or you set out to pray more. You set out to be more faithful and, and you just, for various reasons, you just didn't get it done. And you look back and say, well, there's no use to try that again. I done tried it. But my friend, many times the way you got to get it done is get back up, dust the seat of your pants off and go back and say, bless God, I didn't get it done last year, but I'm going to do it now. Amen. And if you keep on trying, you see, you just keep going. But you got to forget failures. You know, I, I was reading the other day where Babe Ruth hit 701 home runs. In, in baseball, 701 home runs. But what they didn't tell you was he struck out over a thousand times. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you look sometimes at athletes like uh, maybe this guy now shoots all these three-point uh, shots and is hitting all these shots and broke all the records. But what you better do is look back and see how many he missed. I guarantee you he missed more than he made. But he shot so many that he's made a lot. Of them. You know what he done? He just kept shooting. See? And you just got to keep on going. And that's that way about the Christian life. One thing you cannot do is sit down and worry about where you failed. You've got to say, look, I got to get up and keep going. Amen? See? And so, uh, uh, so forget failures of 2021. Number two, let me give you something else. If you're going to uh, have fruit in your life, you're going to have to forgive your foes. You got to forget and forgive people that didn't, didn't do right towards you. Because let me tell you something. If you don't, it'll eat your lunch. And nobody's ever going to produce fruit with, with disease in you, so to speak. You got to get all that out there. You got to get all that out there, you see. Oh, let me tell you something. Until you get rid of hard feelings towards people and you get rid of old uh, uh, grudges and hard feelings and all that kind of junk, till you get that kind of stuff out of you, you will never get nothing done for God because it'll be sitting right there looking at you every morning. Let me tell you something. That's the kind of stuff that's stopping revival in our churches. It's not, uh, I, I doubt tonight, Brother Steve, and this good crowd of people you got here, not, there ain't anybody, I, don't, I really don't think, there's people in here tonight who would leave out of here and go to some place where, where, and buy drugs and go somewhere and shoot up drugs and take drugs and all of that. I don't believe anybody here will stop by a bar on their way from here and buy booze and drink after they leave here. I just don't believe that. I wouldn't believe that. But I'll tell you what people will do. People will walk in here with a Schofield Bible under their arm 
and sit down in here dressed right and come in right and, 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 and enjoy the singing and look like they're just in right with everything. And they'll sit there and there'll be things in their heart where they're not right with other people. See what I'm trying to say? And they got grudges and all that kind of stuff and get up and walk out just as miserable as if they had a went to a bar. Are you following me? Hey, they're still miserable. And I'm telling you, in my life, I've seen, I've seen people get things right and see victory come upon them. We had a man, not last night, but last Sunday night, a man stood and gave a word of testimony in our church. Now, let me tell you about this man. Years ago, he was in our church. He was, he was a member of our church, him and his wife. And I won't go into all of it. But this man and his wife uh, split up. And they, they, they went, she went one way and he went the other way. Well, long story short, he quit coming. He quit coming to our church and she kept coming. She kept coming. Well, time went on. She kept coming. There was a man that was visiting our church and she met this man. And I didn't introduce him, but they got acquainted. And first thing you know, they was going out to eat supper and going dating and all of that. And... He asked her to marry him and they come back one Sunday and walked up to me and said, let me show you something and showed me their wedding bands. Well, I was as shocked as anybody that they'd gotten married. Uh, I said, well, I'm happy for you, you know. And uh, so it went on a little bit. Well, I saw her ex-husband that used to attend our church. I saw him out one day, just out and about, out of the, uh, one of the uh, places of business in our community. And that fellow, I called him by name and spoke to him. I didn't know there was a word. I didn't know there's one thing in the world that he was upset at me. Brother, when I spoke to him, he didn't say a word. He just turned his head and turned and walked off. I thought, my goodness, I, you know, I had no idea about that. He felt that way. Well, saw him again a few months later, same thing that went on. And, uh, that happened several times. I'd speak to him. He wouldn't speak. Well, I, I just wondered what in the world is he mad at me about, you know? Well, I'm sure that he thought maybe I arranged that. And God in heaven knows I was no more a part of that than, than, than he was. I mean, I had nothing to do with any of it. And so anyhow, 20 some years passed. 20 some years, Brother Pope, passed. And he called me on the phone one day and said, Preacher, this is so-and-so. And he told me his name said, this is so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, I had, he hadn't spoke a word to me in 20-some years. I said, well, how are you doing? He said, I called you. I need to talk to you. I said, well, fine. He, I said, where do you want to talk? He said, how about your office? I said, it'd be fine. I said, when do you want to meet? He said, how about tomorrow morning? I said, that's good. I said, nine o'clock, okay. He said, I'll meet you at nine o'clock. I hung the phone up and my wife, when I hung the phone up, she said, who was that? And I told her, she, and I said, he wants to meet with me in the morning. She said, you don't think he's going to shoot you, do you? <laughs> I said, well, to be honest with you, I don't know, but he might. He might, I don't know. He wouldn't speak for 20-some years, so I know he don't like me. I'm positive of that. So I don't know what he would do. And the next morning, buddy, he walked into my office with a scowl on his face. He still, I mean, when he come in, I said, how you doing? He didn't hardly acknowledge nothing. He walked in, brother, walked in through my doors to the office and throwed his Bible in the middle of my desk and said, let's get to it. I thought, oh, brother, you know, you got to meet with somebody like that. What in the world? You know, 
And he sat down and he folded his arms and crossed his legs and looked at me. He said, preach on, tell you something. He said, I have hated you worse than I've ever hated anybody in my life. I mean, that's the first words out of his mouth. You know what I said? I believe it. I believe it. He said, I've hated you, hated you. And uh, I said, I, I believe that. He said, preacher, I thought about killing you, shooting you, or having it done, hiring it done. And I said, well, I can give you some names of some people to do it. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't tell him that. But I thought of it. And I thought, yeah, well, you, you probably don't be yourself. Well, uh, anyhow, he said, but let me tell you something. He said to me, you may not believe this, but I'm a saved man. I'm a saved man. And he said this, you're looking at the most miserable man in the world. And he said, Pastor, I got a boy laying over in the University of North Carolina Hospital right now that they're getting ready to do a double lung transplant on him. And I knew the boy. The boy got saved our church said, He said, they're going to do that double lung transplant. And preacher, I've got on my face and begged God for his life. And he said, I've begged God and he said, my prayers get no higher than the ceiling. And God won't hear me. And his old chin started quivering. And he said, Pastor, I'm so miserable, I want to die. And I can't get a hold of God and I need God. And he stood up. He said, I'm not here to talk about why I've been hating you all these years. I ain't even here for that. He said, I'm here to ask you if there's any way in the world that you could find it in your heart to forgive me. And I stood up and I said, brother, come here. And I opened up my arms and that big old man walked up in my arms and laid his head right there like a little kid and began to sob. I mean, he's, I've never in my life, never, have I ever heard a grown man in my life, ever, anytime, never heard anybody cry like that in my life. For 10 minutes, I just held him there. He cried so hard, he was just saying, oh God, oh God, over and over, oh God. And then he said, can we go in the auditorium to the altar? And I said, yes. And we went out and we kneeled down, Brother Steve, right there. And I put my arm around him and his, his whole body was just shaking. And he was just just, I, I've never heard anybody cry. 20 minutes, he was down there like that. Wailing, I mean, wailing, screaming, crying. Oh God, he'd just say, oh God. And then he stood up after about 20 minutes and he put his arms on his, his hands on his knees and he was, he, he, he was just breathing like somebody had been running. And then he stood up and he raised both arms as high as he could get them like this. And he said, oh, God, he said, this feels wonderful. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. And he said, I feel like I just got saved. And I know I didn't because I was already saved. That's what he said. And he walked over and he said, are you sure you forgave me? I said, man, you're forgiven. And he grabbed me again and went to hugging me. And I know you ain't going to believe what I'm going to tell you. But that man's whole countenance 
his face was literally transformed from his whole demeanor, his whole appearance, everything. And you know what he did? He went from that old scowl in my office when he walked in 30 minutes before that to laughing, just laughing, put his arm around my neck and he said, preacher, how could I have been so foolish? How could I have been so foolish to go 20 some years like this? Hating everybody, hating you. And he said, you wasn't the problem. I was. And you know what he did, Brother Steve? He walked out of that place with victory in his heart. And now he comes and he'll sit and his health's bad. He'll come sit and listen to me preach. And he always tells me, preacher, I love you and I'm praying for you. That same man. But you know what happened? Now when I see him, he called me here a while back and said, preacher, have you got some commentaries you don't use? He said, I've been studying and I, I need something to help me. He said a little bit and he said, I, I, have you got any books you don't use? Something? I took him a whole armload of commentaries and books and I said here you go buddy I want you to enjoy them oh listen to me folks and now brother Steve on his life now there's more than leaves now you know there's fruit hanging out there there's fruit out there there's fruit hanging all off of him and he got up the other night and told about that boy, uh, told about the, how God took that boy home and how that he'll see him again one day and he was rejoicing about heaven. But you know what? It is? Now he's fruitful. But you know what? It is? He had to get rid of his, uh, of his grudges and get forgiveness. You know what revival is? What I said, well, God, brother, we need to get right with people. I remember old Jimmy, old Jimmy Clark preaching a, a meeting at our church one time and he told about how a how that a man was sitting back over here uh, every night in a meeting where he is preaching, and he said that over here sat two boys, two, two grown boys, two grown men sitting over here. And Jimmy said that meeting was locked up tight, Brother Steve. He said people wasn't coming to the altar. He said it was just something missing, something was wrong. And he said the last night, he said I was going to close that meeting out. He preached on somebody's the key to revival. Said I remember him telling somebody's the key. Somebody needs to move and get things right. And he said the last night that man stood up, older man stood up, walked around over here and walked to them two grown boys and just put his arms around them two boys and they began to sob and he said all three of them come down here and got in the altar and he said the church knew that that was the daddy of them two boys and them two grown boys were sitting over here they'd had a falling out of some kind over something in the family and for two or three or four years they hadn't even spoke and was in the same church can you imagine that and, and that dad finally swallowed his pride and got right with God and went to, the, went to them two boy, grown boys and said, boys, I've been wrong. And, and listen, they hit them altars and he said the whole church started coming and weeping and bawling and squalling. And Jimmy said, we went on for two more weeks. And he said, people was getting saved and people was getting right with God. And he said, that building filled up. And he said, God was so thick in that place. If you moved, you'd bump into him. I mean, God was in that place. I'm telling you that, listen, God was there. But hey, let me tell you, they could have just went on with nothing but limbs and nothing but leaves. But brother, let me tell you something. When you get things right and you get your heart right, hey, some people need to forgive other people and some people need to forgive God and some people need to forgive their own self. Some people's mad at God. 
there, you'd be surprised how many people's walking around uh, mad at God. Hey, we was coming up here tonight, me and my wife, Brother Stephen, we seen a, we seen a, a yellow Jeep past us, and in the back of the window, that thing was a sticker, and it said, God's dead. God's dead. I wanted to hang my head out the window uh, and, and holler, hey, he ain't either, because I just got done talking to him, and he ain't even feeling bad. <laughs> Amen. God ain't even feeling bad. Hey, let me tell you something. God ain't dead and there's no use to get mad at God for how things go in your life. Hey, look, in 42 days, my brother died unexpectedly and my dad died 42 days later. Brother Steve, just here, one in October and one in November. But hey, folks, that's life. Ain't no use for me to go blaming God. God, my daddy lived 90, 90 and a half years. Hey, and listen, I had the privilege of leading my brother to Christ. I baptized my dad and I had good years with him. They used to be getting mad at God. The Bible said it's appointed unto men once to die. There's no use for me to blame God, get mad at God. So if you're going to produce, let me tell you right, if you're going to produce fruit, you got to uh, forget the failures of last year. Forget that. There's nothing you can do about it. Then forgive your foes, no matter who they are. See, I don't care who it is. You just got to get over stuff. Move on, man. Get over that stuff. See? And uh, you just got to get over things. Now let me tell you then, let me give you this last thing and I'll be done. The next thing you got to do is focus on the fruit of pleasing God. Just worry and just focus on pleasing God. Amen? Amen. Pleasing God. See? Well, how do you do that? Well, uh, first you got to figure out everybody can do something to produce some fruit. Anybody can do something. Everybody can do something. I can't get up and sing like they did a while ago. I can't play the piano. There's a lot of things I can't do. But there's some things I can do. And all I'm supposed to do is do what I can do. See? But let me give you some thoughts here. Number one, focus on the Savior. Focus on Him. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. See? Looking unto Jesus. Get your eyes in the right place. You'd be surprised how it affects you of having your eyes in the right place. Amen? See? Looking at the right things. Focus, you see. Get your eyes focused. You know, uh, I, I got a set of binoculars. I was back in the fall, I was out in Colorado out there preaching and I had them binoculars in the bag with me and I got to looking through them things and couldn't see a thing. Couldn't see a thing through them. Then there's that little old uh, adjustment rod in the middle. Brother, I got to messing with that thing and listen, I was amazed what I could see when they got in focus. And there's a lot of Christians can't see anything because you're out of focus. Brother, you better get focused. First, get your eyes on Him. You'd be surprised when you got your eyes on Him how things clear up. See? And then let me say, so get your eyes on the Savior and listen, let us focus on praying more. You know what Jesus did? He cursed that fig tree and then when the disciples stood there in amazement, He said, you can do more than this if you'd, you'd, you'd pray. Look what He said. Pray in faith. What did He tell them? Uh, there he said in verse 22 uh, he said verse 21 and Jesus answered and said unto them verily I say unto you if you have faith and doubt not 
Ye shall not only do this, which is done to this fig tree, but also ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive them. The object is, hey, uh, of having faith in God, having your faith right, and then praying. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Prayer makes a difference. We ought to pray. Brother, you ought to pray every day. You don't know what tomorrow's holding. Pray today. You don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. We got an old boy in our church, uh, and, and I got a lot of good people that pray, but I got a man in my church named Ronnie Hunt. And uh, Brother Steve, you know him. Brother Andrew back there knows Ronnie. Ronnie's been with me, been on our staff for nearly 30 years, 27, I guess. And old Ronnie, every morning, you can set your clock by him. He's at the church early praying. And most time, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he ain't there now praying. He goes over at night and prays in them building. I've been outside of the church before. You can hear him outside. Man, I never heard anybody praying any more fervently or faithfully. I mean, he's a man of prayer. Last Monday, to show you why you ought to be prayed up praying, his wife was turning in her driveway on 601 right below our church. And a boy, I guess he's playing with a phone or something, running 70 miles an hour. She was in some kind of a little old Ford car. And this boy was in a full-size Dodge truck running 70 miles an hour, playing with a phone or something. I don't know what he was doing, but he wasn't looking at the road. And he never even touched a brake. And he hit the back of her sitting still and knocked her into the oncoming lane in front of a food line tractor trailer that run completely over top of her car. I, mean, I don't mean run over part of it. I'm talking about it run completely over it. And then the back of it, brother, is smashed all the way up to the front seat. Anybody had been in the back seat been dead. The front seat, I mean the, the front of the car is mashed off plumb up to the dash. And in the back, is mashed, there's one little spot in that car. And it was right where she was sitting. And they still had to cut her out of it. They, they, it, took her long, it took them a long time to get her out of it. The tractor trailer lost control, went across the road and flipped over and started burning. I mean, it was a mess. Well, I was coming down the road, preacher, and I passed the rollback. I had to go down a back road and I passed the rollback. I didn't even know it was her car. And when I saw it, I, I mean, I didn't even recognize her car. And I told my wife, I was with her on the phone. I said, whoever was in this car is dead. And I kept trying to get a hold of Ronnie. And get, we tried to get a hold of Kathy. and never could get a hold of him. Finally, got a hold of his mother-in-law. She said, preacher, it was Kathy. And boy, my, I mean, my heart just sunk. And they took her to Rowan Hospital. And Ronnie said, I believe we need to take her on to the Baptist. I went over to Baptist. So they moved her and got over there and x-rayed her. And her neck was broken, and they put her in a put her in a uh, some kind of a brace, and said if she'll stay still for I forget how many weeks she can't move, but she's got to stay completely still. They said it'll heal back, and and and, and it's a miracle of God. I'm talking about an absolute miracle of God. She's alive. You go down 601, blow my church, and you look over in that junkyard and see that car, and you tell me how anybody got all that. It's just God. But you know what I really believe was? That old boy prays, man. 
Listen, he prays and he prays and he prays. And folks, let me tell you something. God's done a, let America get in a mess that we won't preach our way out of this one. Brother, if you get out of this mess, if we get out of the mess we're in, preacher, it'll be because people get on their knees and they call on God. So let me tell you what you can do this year. You want to produce fruit? Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray for God to have, because without Him, you can do nothing, John 15, 5. Amen? So you better be praying. Then let me say this right here. Get in the Word of God. Hey, Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me, John 5, 39. 2 Timothy 2, 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you wanted to know if Jesus Christ was standing in that foyer and you wanted to know something tonight and you ask him, I wouldn't be surprised not one bit surprised if the first word out of his mouth would say, it is written. Amen. He'd say, it is written. You know what he'd tell you? If you'd have been in your Bible, in other words, it is already written. If you study these, you study these scriptures, you'll know the answers. Are you following me? Yes, Folks, let me tell you what you can do. You can read three chapters of your Bible a day and it ain't too late for you to catch up now. You could read three or four, three chapters a day and five on Sunday and finish this Bible through in less than a year. In 1977, my preacher preached this, that you could do that. You can read three chapters a day and five on Sunday. And I was sitting there and, and I'd been saved for a few years, but I, I never thought about reading it through. I just thought, man, that's too much reading me to read all the way through. But that night, when he said that, three chapters a day and five on Sunday, I said, I can do that. And you know what I did? I set out and done it. And then the next year, I said, I'm going to do it again. And I done it again. And the next year, I did it again. And let me tell you, friend, you'll get to where you acquire an appetite for it. And you'll get to where you love it. And every day, you'll have a desire to get in the Word of God every single day you live. And listen, then that's where you, you, you get the, the, your, your knowledge about things. That's where you get the fruit. Starts in your life. You're praying. You're in the book. Then let me say this right here. Remember to be a faithful member of your church. Don't, don't just be a member. Be a faithful member. You know, you may not can sing or lead to singing or play the piano. Or you may not. There's a lot of things you can't do. But I tell you one thing you could do. That's be faithful. Man can be faithful. See, you can be faithful. And if you're really truly sick, stay home till you get well. But brother, be faithful. I'm just simply saying get up and go and go on, go to church and be, be faithful to the house of God. Don't miss. I mean, just make up your mind. Look, I'm going. We're going to church. Hey, the other day, Brother Steve, I was watching a football game and they was playing someplace up north I can't remember who it was that was even playing, but I was sitting there and got to watching it. And there was about six or eight old boys across there. And it was zero. I'm talking about it was, it was minus, you know, two or three degrees. I mean, it was cold. And here's guys out there shouting for the ball game to start and didn't even have their shirts on. I said, they must have brought a van load from the mental institution, Amen. <laughs> Them old boys ain't even got their shirts on and they're shouting about a football game. And listen, we got people that's saved on your way to heaven 
and hey, air conditioning, buildings heated, buildings padded, pews, anything you want, neighbor, to make you comfortable, and we can't cut it. Let me tell you, Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hey, as you see the day of the coming of Christ approaching, turn it up, get more faithful. Is what that verse is saying. We ought to be faithful to the things of God and the house of God. Amen? Oh, let me tell you we ought to. Be faithful to Sunday school. Be faithful to Sunday morning. Be faithful. Come back Sunday night. Get back in there Wednesday night. Any, any service you have here, just be faithful. See? And, and so that's one thing you can do this year. You say, well, I didn't do too good at it last year. Forget last year. You can't go back and be faithful about last year. But praise God in 2022, you can be faithful. Then let me say this right here. Be a witness. Hey, to produce fruit, Listen, get you some tracks out here with Calvary Baptist Church on them and you be a soul winning witness. Amen. You know, we had some Christmas tracks, Steve, printed up and uh, got a brand new box of them. And I was going over to Durham to preach at night. And we got there a little bit. Well, it wasn't Durham. I was on the other side over around Raleigh. And I was over there preaching. I got those beautiful Christmas tracks. Just had got got them out of the box. And I got out, and me and my wife was there a few minutes early, and we stopped in the store just to, you know, kill a few minutes because we didn't want to get there before anybody else got there. And I got them Christmas tracks out and got in the parking lot. And I here come a man. I said, hey, sir. I said, these things just come off of the press. I said, I mean, they're brand new, and I'm excited about them. Could I give, you're the first person that I've even offered one of these to. I said, would you take it? Yeah, give it here. There it was. Uh, For unto you a Savior is born. I said, listen, right here's a track tells you how to get to heaven. Here come two girls, about 20 years old, walking and say, hey, come here a minute. I got something I want to give you, fresh off the press. They almost run over. They thought I was a Walmart salesman or something, you know. (laughs) Brother Steve, I almost had people before it was over. I got so excited about them tracks. I had people over and running to get them. You know why? Because I got excited about it. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It ain't hard to do that. Amen. Give out tracks. I, I, listen, I got in a place today and everybody that I've seen in there, everybody I've seen, I was giving them a track. Brother, let me tell you something. And, and, and there, listen, these things, a penny a piece, all I got to do is put them in my pocket and be the legs for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen? Just give them out. Old Carl Hatch, Brother Steve, I had him for meetings, many meetings. I was a pallbearer for Carl Hatch. Old Carl Hatch down here in Moxville, I'll tell you this in a close. Carl was preaching a meeting for me. We went in the, we went in the, the uh, Burger King. It was about five minutes to, uh, or it, it was, uh, no, it wasn't, it was Arby's. We was in Arby's. About five minutes to 11, we got in there. A little old girl in there, to, you know, at the countertop, and old Carl walked up and said, hey, young lady, how are you? She said, I'm fine. He said, I want to ask you a question. Are you saved? She said, yes, I am. He said, I'm talking about born again. You know you're born again. She said, yes, I do. 
He said, is your manager here? She said, yes, he's in the back. Is there a problem? She said, eh, ain't no problem. I just want to talk to the manager. And here come the manager. He had that headset on and on, you know. He come out there. I'm standing there. I thought, what in the world is he going to do? That manager come out there and Brother Hatch said, hey, sir. He said, are you going to heaven when you die? That man said, yes, I am. Brother Hatch said, let me ask you something. You love your employees? <laughs> he said, yes, I do. He said, are they all going to heaven or hell? He said, well, I'm not sure. He said, well, if you would, get them out here and I'll talk to them before. <laughs> I mean, listen, man, I'm standing right there. I thought, man, I ain't believing this. And this man said, well, sir, we're getting ready in just about two or three minutes to open. And he said, well, I guess... I can't talk to him, but he said, sir, he said, I'm so happy I'm saved. And that man said, well, I'm glad you are. And Carl said, you don't care if I just sing a song in here and testify for him, do you? And that manager said, no, go ahead. <laughs> and there was people coming in, getting in the line. No, Carl had a cane, you know, one of those canes with the, where they got the four little feet on the bottom of, you know, with the big, he held that thing up in the air, Brother Steve, and he started singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Listen, he sung about two stanzas. <laughs> Tears running down his face. And you know what he was doing? He was waiting until a crowd got in there. And then he started down the line. He told Miss Ruby, he said, Ruby, you order for me. And he went right through that line, giving everybody in there a track. I mean, he, he just knew, listen. And I thought, God, give me the boldness and the love for Christ to just go ahead and just wherever I'm at, it doesn't matter. Listen to me. I ain't Carl Hatch. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can say, hey, can I give you something? Could I just give you a gospel track that tells you how much God loves you? I'm not Brother Hatch. I wish I was. I loved him. I hung around him. I was hoping some of that would rub off on me. But let me ask you, if Jesus walked up to you tonight and he was hungry like he was that morning and he walked up to you and looked at you, what would he find? Would it just be limbs and leaves? Or would he find enough to make a meal and say, you're doing a good job? Hey, you know, I, I don't know tonight, but I, I would say, venture to say tonight that in this room, there's probably room for improvement in every life. You know, in John 15, there was three stages, preacher, of fruit there. Fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. But then there's really four stages. No fruit. There's no fruit, fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Let me just ask you tonight. Where are you? Where are you? Jesus said he came to the fig tree and found nothing but leaves. 
Let's bow our heads. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you make your way here tonight? If you say, God, I, I just have a desire in this year to, to, to produce more fruit than I did the year before. I'm not asking you to do the impossible. I'm asking you to do what God would have you do. And by the way, he's for you producing fruit. He'll help you produce fruit. He'll help you. And without him, you can't do it. Without him, you cannot even do it. So I ask you tonight, would you come? Do you want some revival in your heart? Hey, how's, uh, how's that maybe tonight? You said, preacher, I'll tell you something. I know what you said about that forgiveness, but I just can't get over something. Friend, if you don't, then it'll be nothing but leaves. I wonder tonight if there's anybody in this room tonight that would say, Pastor, if I were to die tonight, I don't even know I'd go to heaven. I'm not even sure I'd go to heaven. Please remember me. Would you slip your hand up tonight and say, Preacher, that's me. I don't even know if I died, heaven would be my home. I don't even know I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. Can I pray for you tonight? I'm going to pray and then I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. I'm going to let him take it. Could I pray with you that God would help you to produce more fruit this year than last year? And our Heavenly Father, we know what you said in that 15th chapter of John. Sometimes, Lord, we have to be pruned and cut back before we go forward. Lord, help us tonight to not be barren and empty. Help us, Lord, tonight to not be uh, where we don't produce anything and ride off of the coattail of our church when we don't do a thing. Lord, give us a desire to want to be more than what we are and to want to produce more than what we are. And Lord, help us to not do it grudgingly, but with joy. Keep your hand, Lord, upon us tonight. And if there's anybody, Lord, looking online tonight that's lost, help them understand that they're a helpless sinner without Christ. And may they realize that Jesus died for their sins on the cross of Calvary and was buried and risen again that they might be saved. And may they cast themselves at Christ Jesus' feet by faith and be saved and call upon you tonight for salvation. Help those of us that are saved to be fruit producers in Jesus' name for His sake. Amen.